When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Uh, well, as we get closer and closer to the AFL season starting, uh, one of the articles that I've really be always look forward to, especially over the last few years, is an article by Max Lawton. Fox Sports does a ripping job. Uh, incredible with the numbers, uh, the number crunching, uh, all the facts and figures and stats around football. There's not many better than Max Lawton at bringing those and bringing them in a way that really does get you thinking. Every year I look forward to the Moneyball Theory story, the Pythagorean, the Pythagorean equation that he uses every year to try and establish, this is the sixth year of it, to try and establish who will be the risers up the AFL regular season ladder, who will fall. This method predicted Brisbane's rise in 2019. It predicted the Hawks' fall in 2016. It predicted the Cats to miss the finals in 2014, despite finishing third the year before. He's going to explain to us how it all works. Last year, this got some very, very heated and spirited feedback. So we want all of that and more again as we try and establish using our uh, abacuses uh, and our calculators, exactly how our teams are going to go this year. Max Lawton, uh, hello, mate. Hi, Sam. Pleasure to be with you again. Uh, now, just in case people... Because last year we had people just absolutely um, fascinated by this and we also had people furious with this, mm. thinking it was all a bunch of rubbish and, and you can get numbers to say anything, which I found interesting because I, I don't know if you can. But just to set up a couple of your bona fides, um, how many years in a row have you won the office footy tipping using this method? Oh, look, only three in a row. <laughs> just nothing, really. The, the number that I like the most, though, is based on the teams that you, you've looked at. With this, Tell me if I'm wrong here. And you'll explain the equation, but essentially, 14 out of the 17 teams that you've applied this theory to, you've predicted where their season would would end. Yeah, so I've been looking at this since 2010, and every year I run the numbers and see which teams are the most likely to slide and most likely to fall. And of the strongest predictions I've had, I've been right 14 out of 17. Well, the stat has been right 14 out of 17 times. So if it's a really strong prediction, it's almost bang on every time. Explain to us how this Pythagorean equation is implemented, how this all works. So we mentioned Moneyball because it comes from baseball. And essentially, when you look at the ladder, you've got your wins and losses, and they are what matters in the end. But they don't tell the whole story because you can obviously lose a game, lose a grand final on one bounce of the footy. So you have to actually look at the underlying numbers, how many points a team is scoring, how many points a team is conceding. And if you obviously percentage is a great way to look at that. So percentage to me is the best indicator you can ever find on the ladder. And there are some teams that overperform what their percentage says they should have been. Uh, there are teams, you know, Port Adelaide, for example, won 17 games last year. But their percentage, you know, is a little bit below the teams around them. And then you've got teams at the bottom of the ladder. The Brisbane in 2019 example is the best one. They only won five games that year, but they were one of the best bad teams you've ever seen. Mm. You know, they were so close to winning so many games. Their percentage told the story when their win total didn't, and they rocketed it up into the top two the next year. So 
it's one of those things where the percentage tells the story because if you're getting close to beating good teams, close games are pretty luck-based. You know, you can train a lot of uh, close game drills and how you're going to kick clutch goals, but a lot of the time it's just luck. So if some teams are bad luck, some teams are good luck, that usually balances out the next year, and that's where this stat comes in. All right. So, and if, and just give us that there is a key number that you're always looking at, uh, aren't you, uh, to try mm. and um, utilise this equation. What is that key number? Yeah, so if teams are one and a half to two wins, worse or better off than they should have been, that's when the tip gets really strong. And, and Brisbane, that 2018 to 2019 Brisbane example, they should have won three and a half more games than they did in that season. So they were way below. They should have been an okay team. They were a terrible team, according to the ladder. But they rocketed up. So anytime I see a team that's one and a half to two games off, I get interested and I have a look at their how they actually went during the season, whether they played a lot of close games, what could possibly explain it. And then the strongest ones are the ones we make the predictions on. And you also predicted, as I said, the Cats dropping away from third in 2013. You had them dropping significantly in 2014. They missed the finals, despite a 17-5 and year the year before. You predicted the same thing for the Hawks in 2016. So yep. what, based on the numbers that you've crunched, now that you've gone through every team, give me a couple of uh, teams that fans can be excited about their potential to rise. Who are going to be the risers this year for you? So the strongest tip to rise this year is Essendon, actually, which, funny enough, because they already had their rise last year, you would have thought, but they won 11 games, but their percentage says they should have won almost 13. So that's a almost two-win gap that you've got, and that 13, that wouldn't have got them into the top six. I think Sydney won 15, and they wouldn't have gotten that. But if you look at Essendon, they should have won two more games. Say they did win those games. Then they're playing Sydney in the elimination final, who lost the elimination final, instead of getting thumped by the dogs. That's a season-changing thing right there. That's Essendon underperforming and should have been better. So based on history, because they underperformed this year, they should at least go back to average. I'm not saying that they're going to start winning all their close games and get really lucky. They should at least be average. And if they're average, they're coming off a win, a base of being 12 or 13 win team, which is a team that should be definitely making the finals. Give me, uh, give me another one. So that'll be good for Essendon fans who are still looking yeah. for that first finals uh, win uh, I think the count now is well up over 6,000 So uh, days. So uh, give me another team who's on the rise, please. So this would be one from down the bottom would be Collingwood. Uh, they only won their six games, but they played so many close games, and a lot of that is how defensively they played so often and they blooded so many kids. So they win their six games. They should have won almost eight. So that's close to a two-win gap again. It's almost as strong as the Essendon prediction. So what that says to me is not that Collingwood is going to bounce back all the way into the finals. But Collingwood was not as bad as finishing 17th. You know, that, that lies, essentially. They were almost as good as Carlton, as, as Hawthorne last year, a team that teams that got out of the bottom four. So Collingwood was not as bad as everyone thinks. Well, their percentage... They be get out of that. Yeah, their percentage, just to point that out. So Carlton finished yeah. 13th, Collingwood had a better percentage. Hawthorne finished 14th, Collingwood had a better percentage. Adelaide finished 15th. Collingwood had a better percentage. They had a better percentage than the Suns who finished ahead of them as well. Um, they didn't have as good a percentage as St Kilda. So, yeah, that one checks out as well. Any others that are rising? So there's two real top contenders now that are sort of in a similar boat where Brisbane and the Bulldogs, I mean, everyone agreed that by the end of the year there were five proper contenders that could have won the flag and they had that mm. amazing semi-final. So Brisbane and the Bulldogs actually had the two best percentages in the comp. And, you know, if you have the best percentage, you're usually going to be up the top. But they were battling it out for fourth. Whoever wins that spot for fourth gets Melbourne in the qualifying final, gets thumped, and then their season's pretty much almost over. So 
I would suggest that Brisbane and the Dogs should have won at least one and a half more games last year. One of them does that. That gets them into the final against Port instead of playing Melbourne. That's a big chance to host a prelim right there because they can win that game. So Brisbane and the Dogs, if you want a riser from the top five or six, would be my tips. Give me a team that everybody is predicting to rise, but the numbers are telling you that they actually won't. So the, the real sexy team, I think, is Frio. Mm. Uh, even though losing Adam Chera, everyone likes where their list field is going. You've got Sean Darcy leading that ruck division in the midfield, getting better and better, and David Mundy being timeless. But we talked about Collingwood's percentage. Their percentage was barely worse than Frio's. And Frio was in the finals race until the last weekend. Right, They had that chance to get in if they'd beaten St Kilda in the last round, but mm. they didn't. Their percentage was that of an eight-win team, and they actually won 10. So they should have been down in the muck, in the bottom six with Carlton and Hawthorne and Adelaide and Collingwood when it seemed like, oh, they're so close to the finals. So you can, you've got to take this two ways because naturally teams are going to get better if they're younger. That makes a lot of sense. So if you still think Frio is going to be better, they might be. But you can't think that they're just so close to the finals and going to jump into the eight. That's not what the numbers say. What the numbers say is they were an eight-win team and have to try and win 12 next year. So that four wins they have to make up is a lot more than two, which it seems like they have to base on the ladder. That's a, a more difficult task for them, particularly if they still can't figure out how to score. Give me the teams that you're predicting to fall based on uh, percentage and, and based on what the, this calculation is telling you. So Fremantle being the biggest one, and the other ones, there aren't super strong predictions here. I'll name them anyway. So Port Adelaide is the next one. And Port's almost for a different reason because they had... I think it was they, they won 17 games and they should have won about 15.6. Basically, obviously you can't win 15.6 games in reality. This is just how the numbers work. Mm. So they were the luckiest team in the comp last year. They had five games in the home and away, decided by 12 points or less. They won all of them. And if you look over history, there are very, very few teams. Geelong in the last decade is the only team that has proven that they have luck on their side. Every other team, you could expect to go 50-50 in close games. Because you can practice all you like, but it's still luck-based. It's still, if you miss a certain shot of goal, you should have made, and one free kick goes against you. So Port goes 5-0 in close games last year. If they lose just one of those games, and you take into account how many of those games that they probably just got over the line, they wouldn't have hosted a qualifying final. Maybe they wouldn't have beaten Geelong in that game and hosted a prelim and had that chance to get to the grand final. So these are the margins as fine as they are at the top. So Port could very easily drop down just a couple of wins which luck says they should, and that would take them out of the top two. Well, that that is that one is absolutely fascinating. And I didn't know about how the numbers normally broke in those um, two kick games that we're calling, mm. you know, those close contests. So Frio and Port for you, those are the ones that to keep a, 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 a significant eye on. I know some of these are a little bit too close to call, but I'm just going to throw some teams at you, and you let sure. us know whether they're going up or down or holding from where they were last year. Let's just start with the reigning premiers, Melbourne. Finished uh, top of the table, 17 wins, four losses, one draw. If they have to go anywhere, it has to be down. Uh, right. They were slightly lucky. They should have lost one extra game last year. So they could have been 16-5 uh, and five instead, which would have had them finishing uh, in third. Mm-hmm. What about uh, the Cats? So the Cats were pretty much bang on. They should have won 15.7 games and they won 16. So, you know, that you had that the round 23 game against Melbourne that was so close, kick after the siren to decide it. 
that game basically swung whether they were lucky or unlucky for the season. So the Cats were as good as they should have been. And, and I'm one of the... Uh, every year, people say that Geelong's going to slide because they're old. And every year I say, look how many games they've got at Cadinia and they're going to win. They've got such a good high base that it's hard for me to see them sliding too far. But I could see them sliding a little bit just based on you know, being experienced or too experienced. Saints fans are the ones now uh, looking at the, the biggest premiership drought uh, in the game. Is there any joy for them coming? Oh, so on the numbers, no. Uh, on the numbers, they were a little bit lucky. They should have maybe lost one extra game. But this is one where I would look at everything else around the Saints and say that they were so unlucky with injuries early in the year. And they were not the same team in the first half of the year as they were in the second half. So that they should have had a better percentage by playing better in the, second, in the first half of the season. So I could see them rising, even though the numbers don't say that they will. And what about the Blues? The Blues... Ooh, they were a little bit unlucky. I'm surprised they weren't more unlucky. It felt like, you know, they had so many things going against them. But they were this this weird thing where they didn't play close games. Almost all of their losses were between three and five goals. You knew exactly what you were getting from Carlton. If they were winning, they were winning with exciting scoring. And if they were losing, they were losing because they kept giving up goals forever. Uh, so the Blues are about what they should have been last year. I think it's more about the recruiting and the off-field stuff with the new coach that will decide whether they rise. And and this one really illustrates the point you made about Frio. So Carlton won eight games with a percentage of 88. Frio won 10 games with a percentage of 86. So yes. that, that really does highlight what you're talking about with Frio. Um, this is always fascinating to me, Max. It always gets a really interesting response. It's the sixth year that you're applying this Pythagorean. Am I saying that right? Pythagorean, perhaps? Pythagorean uh, equation, the money ball theory taken from baseball, applying it to football, of the teams that you've highlighted over the last uh, six years, you've got on 14 out of 17 in getting it right, and you've won the office footy tipping uh, for the last three years. So I reckon if you put your footy tips up each week on Twitter, there'll be a lot of people following you. Uh, have you got your eight? Have you done an eight yet or not yet? I haven't done my full eight. I can tell you my grand final, yeah. which I think will be Melbourne losing to Brisbane. Melbourne losing. I'm going to write this down and we're going to revisit it uh, at the end of the year. If you you look at all the advanced stats this year, a lot of the the stats nerds, we love Brisbane for whatever reason. So they're the riser. Brilliant. Love it, Max. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, Really appreciate it. It is fascinating and it does have a proven track record now, have it going into its sixth year. We're going to throw this up on the the website uh, as well if people want to re-listen to it uh, to hear about what's going to happen for their team. Max, thank you so much, mate. Greatly appreciate it. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.